I say that to say this, that if, if anybody were to look at these and say, well, this could go in this category, many times it could. Uh, it, it is not a, a, a definitive system by no means. It just kind of helps us focus our attention on a few verses and, uh, and be able to go one direction versus uh, kind of here, there, and uh, a little, where, little bit everywhere. And, uh, and it helps me just have more of a focus. And prudence, a little bit of prudence goes a long way. Prudence is defined as wisdom applied to practice. Wisdom applied to practice. And so the idea of that is that, uh, that, that we, would, we would continually to work on our wisdom and practice it. Uh, you think about this, the, how do you get good at something? Well, practice makes perfect. And uh, in our life, the more we practice the wisdom that we learn and the more we exercise the wisdom that we learn, then the better we get at it. And, uh, and are we going to mess up and make mistakes? Yes, we will. There's no doubt about it. Uh, but as we continue to work on it, eventually we will get to a good place uh, where we will do better at some of those things. So prudence is what we're going to look at. Prudence implies caution in deliberating and consulting on the most suitable means to accomplish valuable purposes. Oh, Webster's Dictionary kind of explains prudence as this, a little bit of a difference from uh, wisdom. Prudence implies caution in deliberating and consulting on the most suitable means to accomplish valuable purposes and the exercise of sagacity uh, in discerning and selecting them. Prudence differs from uh, wisdom in this, that prudence implies more caution and reserve than wisdom, or is exercised more in foreseeing and avoiding evil than in devising and executing that which is good. It is sometimes mere caution or circumspection. Uh, Prudence is principally in reference to actions to be done in due means, uh, order, season, and method of doing or not doing. And so it's kind of looking ahead and saying, are we going to do this? Are we not going to do this? Are we going to go this direction? Are we not going to go this direction? And we'll see that certainly as it comes out in the verses tonight. As we look at Proverbs 27, verse 1, the Bible says this, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. And uh, before we get into our message tonight, let's go ahead and have a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you just for your goodness to us. We thank you, Father, for the opportunity that we have to gather in your house, Father, around your word. God, I pray that you would speak through me. I pray, Father, that you'd use me. And God, I pray that you would touch the heart of each and every person, Father, that's listening. May we uh, find prudence in our life and God may we exercise the wisdom that you've given us in your word and God may we be uh, wise Christians and we'll thank you for that God we ask all of this in Jesus precious name we pray amen as we look at this verse 1 says boast not thyself of tomorrow for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth and as we think about this idea of prudence, uh, we're looking at the idea of, of what is tomorrow and what, what boasts not of tomorrow, rather. Um, and let me take just the first word and say this, that boast, what is boast? Well, we know boasting 
is uh, talking of something that you're able to do. I have down here the definition to brag or vaunt oneself to make an ostentatious display in speech of one's own worth, boast. Uh, you often see that mostly in uh, sports and sporting goods and, and people, oh, I can, man, I can beat you in basketball and I, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll dunk on you, I'll take you to school or I'll teach you how to play ball or uh, any of those, na- those things. Usually it's people telling that they're how good they are. Um, and the teenagers, they would know it as trash talking, right? And that the, that's what it's called today. Uh, well, maybe, maybe even that's slid, and it's not just trash talking. Now it's another word probably. But uh, the idea that, hey, we are, we're able to do better than you, that's the idea of boasting. If you really think about boasting for a minute, boasting is really self-exaltation. Uh, being able to say, hey, well, I'm this or I'm that, and, and really, uh, as the definition describes it, to brag or vaunt oneself, to lift oneself up. And when I started reading that and thinking about this verse, of course, boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. And as I was kind of looking at things, I, I of course, I thought of the Titanic. And uh, the Titanic uh, was one of the most uh, boastful ships that, that ever existed, to be honest with you. Matter of fact, I read this. This is a historical thing. It says, confidence was so high that the owners and builders rejected plans calling for as many as 64 lifeboats. Although the number of lifeboats on the Titanic, 20 of them, exceeded government standards, the boats would only accommodate about half of the 2,228 people that would be on board that boat. In other words, they, they, uh, though they certainly could have put them in, they had so much confidence that, hey, this thing is not going to sink. We don't need that many lifeboats, that there was only enough lifeboats to accommodate half the crowd. In one of history's greatest ironies, the Titanic sank on its maiden voyage after colliding with an iceberg off the banks of Newfoundland. More than uh, 1,500 people died in the accident. It is reported a deckhand had said God himself could not sink this ship. And, uh, and could you imagine, uh, I sometimes, I, I'm amazed at the idea that hey, they, they had boasted themselves that, that they had built such a great ship and, and I'm sure they had put in a lot of thought and a lot of planning, uh, but the fact that they said, hey, man, we don't need all those lifeboats. This boat is good and I'm sure uh, the idea that it unsinkable had gone around quite a bit uh, but I think it's all summed up in that one statement that's so often repeated and I'm sure it was not the designers or engineers but probably some duck deckhand along the way said that God himself could not sink the ship and you know what exactly that's what happened it sank uh, and, and the Bible verse comes true, boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. And the idea of boasting is something that, hey, we're going to do this or we're going to do that. Turn with me to the book of James, save your spot in Proverbs as we'll be back here. But James is often called the uh, Proverbs of the New Testament, the book of wisdom in the New Testament. James chapter number four and look with me at verse number 13. James 4.13, as the Bible gives us uh, insight on this same idea of boasting and, uh, and, and saying how 
uh, wonderful that we're going to be able to do this or we're going to go here or go there. The Bible says in James chapter number 4 and verse number 13, he says, Go to now, ye that say, tomorrow, today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. And he says in verse 14, Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. And what he's saying is, listen, uh, that we need to be careful about boasting and, and making our plans. Uh, the first idea in prudence is plans. And we're going to talk about plans. But the idea of boasting and, and, and proclaiming, well, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that and I'm going to go here and I'm going to go there. We ought to be really careful about really saying what, uh, what we're doing. Not that we should never say that. We ought to have plans and we'll talk about that. But we ought to be real careful that we're not boasting of our own selves and our own ability and our own things that we're doing because oftentimes we want to make ourselves look good by saying, well, I'm doing this and I'm doing that and I'm doing this and I'm doing that and, and, and many times it is to make our own self look better than we are. And, uh, and the Bible is very careful. It says, hey, boast not thyself of tomorrow for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. You remember in Luke, the Gospel of Luke, chapter number 12, we won't turn there, uh, but you can just write it down and reference it. Luke 12, verses 16 through 21, uh, you remember the rich man that had his barns. And, uh, and man, he had sowed seed, and that year uh, there was a great prophet, and, and the Lord had sent rain and profited his crops, and they grew up, and I mean, it was just a tremendous harvest. And he said, uh, of course, Jesus is just giving a parable. He's giving an illustration. But he said he went out and, and he harvested all his crops. And he said, man, I don't even have room to store everything. And, and then he thought to himself, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to tear down my barns and I'm going to build bigger barns. And then I'm going to take up my ease and take my rest because, hey, I've got everything that I need. And I'm just going to retire and I'm going to have the easy life. And Jesus said, after he had said that, he said, this day shall thy soul be required of thee. He said, hey, you're going to die. And you're not even going to get a chance to enjoy all that stuff. And so we ought to be real careful about, uh, about boasting of ourselves and what we're going to do. We see the self-exaltation in boasting as we think about our plans. But I want you to notice this as well. I want you to notice not only the self-exaltation, I want you to notice the shrouded future. As we think about, he says here in verse Verse 1 of Proverbs 27, he says, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. Now let me tell you what my day's plans are for tomorrow. I plan on getting up, same time I always do. I plan on reading my Bible. I plan on drinking my coffee. I plan on getting ready for work. And you know what? I plan on coming here to the church uh, at 8.30 like I always do. But do I know all that's going to happen? No, I might get up tomorrow and have a flat tire. Go out to my car and go to start it up and the battery's dead and the tire's flat. I might not get in here till 9.30 because I have problems with my vehicle or, or this or that. Or I might be driving to work and some guy might run a red light and hit me and I could end up in the hospital tomorrow. In all reality, the fact of the matter is none of us know what is going to take place tomorrow. Now that doesn't mean we don't plan. I plan. I know my plans tomorrow are to do exactly what I said. I even, even make coffee, amen, and drink that coffee. 
Uh, but, but you know what? In all reality, none of us know what is going to take place tomorrow. And that is what he's saying. Though we may have plans, we certainly should not boast of ourselves and, and what we plan on accomplishing and how we're going to have big plans and do all of these wonderful things. Because in reality, not one of us can tell you what's going to take place tomorrow. For all we know, a nuclear war could break out, and every life on planet Earth could be drastically changed tomorrow. September 11th, I remember, um, as you would recall, in September 11th, where you were and what you were doing on that day. And I remember my family and I, we had left upstate New York, and uh, where my parents lived, nowhere near the city, uh, upstate New York, far, far away from the city. And we were driving our car home, and, and, uh, and, and there was like no traffic on the road. And we're just driving away, ignorant, you know, and uh, just driving away. And, and, uh, and we stopped for lunch. And uh, I remember, I must, I'm pretty sure it was, I'm about 99% sure it was Wendy's we stopped at. We went in and we were ordering and, and we were totally clueless as to what had happened and what was going on. And as we sat there eating and, and I don't remember if they had a TV on or, or something. And, and we caught a glimpse of what was going on and we were just like, well, no wonder there's no cars on the road. I thought it was a little odd that there was absolutely nothing. And, and, and we, of course, we had to finish our trip and drive all the way home after that. And we listened to the radio on the way home and, and, uh, and just kind of we were in shock about what was going on. And what I'm saying is that tomorrow our, our life could change drastically. We have no guarantee of tomorrow. A lot of people think, well, uh, you know, I'm young, I'm going to live forever. The, the truth of the matter is that we really don't know what tomorrow holds for our life. And we ought to plan, we ought to take advantage and be prudent and make plans, but we ought not boast ourselves of tomorrow and all that we're going to get done because in reality, we do not know what is going to take place. The future is shrouded. Uh, back there in James, if you're still there, I should have told you to stick your finger there. It says in verse 4 and verse number uh, 15, it says this, for that, for that ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or do that. So it gives us the answer of how we are to plan. And we ought to say, and as Christians, we ought to be always cognizant of the fact that, hey, God may change our plans tomorrow. And we ought to say, well, Lord willing, I'm going to come to work tomorrow, and Lord willing, I'm going to get this done, and I'm going to get that done, and I'm going to get all this stuff done that hopefully I can get taken care of, and, uh, and that's my plan. Because we ought to have a plan. God wants, he's not saying, well, just, uh, uh, just don't worry about plans. No, no, he says, look at we ought to lay plans. He said uh, in verse number 15, right after he explains the same thing that's being said there in Proverbs chapter 27 and verse 1, he says, for that ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. But we ought not boast ourselves of what we're able to do. We ought to keep our, our schedule in pencil, if I can say it that way. Listen, sometimes God wants you to do something. Sometimes uh, in our busy lives, uh, God has an appointment for us, and if we're not careful, we'll hold so tight to our agenda, we'll hold so tight to our plans that we will, uh, that we will miss God's divine appointment. 
You think about divine appointments. How about um, the Good Samaritan? You know, the, 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 the priest and the Levite, the, the guys that went right by the, uh, the, uh, the guy that was left for dead, and then the Samaritan, as he come by, he saw him. You know what? That took time off of his schedule. Maybe he had an appointment to be somewhere at some place. Maybe he had other things, but you know what? He stopped, and he took time out of his schedule because it was a divine appointment. How about Jesus when he was traveling, and, and he said, I must needs go through Samaria. And he stopped to see that woman at the well. How about the disciples time and time again in the book of Acts? And, uh, and they said, hey, we wanted to go this way, but the Spirit would not allow us to go that way. And what I'm saying is we need to pencil in our schedule and leave room and leave allowance for God to alter our, our, our plans and alter our schedule and, and alter what we, we uh, are doing in our life. Now listen, if you have a job and you're supposed to be at work, then God's plan is for you to go to work. I'm not saying you sleep in, take an extra half hour, read your Bible. Well, the pastor said I should, you know, allow this. I felt like the Spirit was leading me to sleep in this morning. No, I'm not saying that. Uh, you know, God expects you to serve your employer and do what you're supposed to do in your job and in your workplace. But listen, many times uh, in, our, in our life, we have an opportunity maybe to witness to somebody or maybe to leave a gospel track or maybe to uh, do stuff here and there. And we ought to allow God the governance of our life to be able to say, hey, you know what, I'm gonna, I feel like the Lord wants me to do this. And, and, and follow the Lord in our life. He says in verse number 1 of Proverbs 27, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. And that's certainly true. We don't know, but we ought to plan and, of course, leave room for God in our life. Not only do we see the planning in verse 1 there, but I want you to notice the prevention. Look with me at verse 12. He says, A prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself but the simple pass on and are punished. We went over this verse. It's, it's a worded just about the same or maybe the exact same as Proverbs chapter 22 and verse number 3. You can jot that down. Proverbs 22, 3 is the, about the same as this verse. And, uh, and, and I remember we talked a little bit about this. But, uh, but still, prevention is something that's important. I have a, a quote that I, 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 I've always thought funny. And I, I'll, I'll use it many times, and, uh, and it's simply this. The quote goes like this, Go with the flow like a twig on the shoulders of a mighty stream. And that sounds good, but in reality, God's Word is saying, no, we ought to be looking ahead. That's kind of a simple man's philosophy that may, may get you stuck under a branch if you're just going with the flow like a twig under the shoulders uh, or on the shoulders of a mighty stream. And, and, and it's a cute saying, but really the Bible here in verse 12 says, a prudent man seeth the evil and hideth himself. Again, prudence is wisdom applied to practice. It's, it's, uh, so this prudent man, he looks ahead and he's seeing, hey, what's coming down? Uh, my way. I remember my uh, dad teaching me. I, I spent a lot of time in a canoe. I love canoes, 
and I like to go canoeing down the river. I remember many times my dad and I, we'd go hit rivers, and uh, we'd drop a car off down further and come back up and drop the canoe in, and we'd run rivers and things like that. And I remember my dad always, I always sat in the front, and he always sat in the back. And if you're not familiar with a canoe, uh, the, the guy in the back, he's responsible for steering. The guy in the front, he does no steering. On occasion, he may pull the, uh, the canoe one way or the other, but he's really not responsible for steering. And if you're running a river, and I'm not talking one, you just kind of float down, you know, kick your feet up. And uh, I'm talking some that have rocks and they have rapids and things of that nature. And if, if you're running down a river like that, the guy who's sitting at the front of the canoe, his job is to look out down the river for things that are coming your way. And I remember my dad telling me, he said, uh, he said you got to watch for rocks that are sticking up out of the river. And sometimes the rocks are just under the water and the water will go over it. And you really have to watch the waterways. And, and, uh, and if, the, uh, if the V is facing one way, you want to go around it. And if it's facing the other way, you want to go right into it. And, and I remember my dad telling me all the time, he's like, you got to look ahead and, and you've got to tell me, hey, you're, you're the one who's directing this thing. And you've got to tell me which way we got to go. And I remember a couple times stand out in my mind. One time there was a tree had fallen across the river and, and, uh, and really there was no good way to get past this tree. And I remember uh, my dad saying, uh, well, the stump is way down there. He said, so we don't want to go that way. He said, let's go towards the branches. And, uh, and it looks like we can, uh, we can paddle really fast as hard as we can and we can punch the canoe right through those branches. I said, that sounds like a good plan. I said, I'm going to paddle until we get right up close to it, and then I'm going to tuck and, and, and pull in and, and go under the can, like down in the canoe. And I remember we started paddling, and, and, uh, and man, we, we got up some speed, and we were heading right to this thing, and, and I was trying to paddle right till the end, and, and I, I went to pull my paddle in, and I went to duck, and, and a branch caught me right there in the shoulder, and boom, knocked me completely backwards and stopped the canoe dead in the water. Man, that was painful. And I thought, wow, that didn't, that didn't work. I, didn't, I don't know how I missed that branch that was sticking out right at me. And I'm glad it hit my shoulder and not my head, although maybe it would have knocked some sense into me. I don't know. But the idea is always looking ahead in our life for the obstacles. And sometimes you're going to make mistakes in your life uh, that's understandable. I can think of many times canoeing that we made mistakes going down a river and, and, and some calculation errors and things of that nature. Uh, but I tell you this, uh, there's no way to learn but by experience and doing. And listen, in life, there's, there's sometimes there's nothing that can help you more than experience in life yourself. When my, when my kids went to college, I thought, I think I shared with them, that uh, it was at college that I learned to stand on my own two feet. And listen, when you get out from under your parents and, uh, and all of a sudden bills are showing up with your name on them and not with your dad's name, uh, all of a sudden it becomes real. And you're like, whoa, I'm responsible to take care of this stuff. And, and you kind of learn to, to stand and listen, you will make mistakes and we need to learn to look ahead. It says, a prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself. Listen, as I said, we'll, we'll make mistakes, but we need to learn from them. And it says here, uh, a prudent man foreseeth evil. Can I tell you this, that if you don't know this already, uh, everyone is going to have a bad day come up in your life. It's going to happen. You might even have an entire bad week 
You might even have an entire bad month. It happens. And what I'm saying is that we should be prepared. There's lots of ways uh, that this could be applied, and there's lots of, of places that this could apply. But the fact of the matter is the prudent man foreseeth the evil. He's looking down the road, and he's saying, hey, this is a possibility. This is coming our way, and we need to be prepared for this. And the Bible says he hideth himself. He makes preparation uh, for the bad that could be coming his way. And when it comes, he's not shocked by it. He knows it's coming. Uh, he's aware that it's coming. And, and listen, everything's all taken care of because he's already foreseen that, hey, this is going to be coming our way. Sometimes things will blindside us still like that branch. We saw the obstacle, but I didn't see the immediate branch that was so close. And so sometimes that will happen, but we'll make our plans and we'll try to avoid uh, the problems in life that take place. But I want you to notice this. That's the prudent man. He's looking ahead and he's, uh, he's seeing what's coming and he's uh, preparing for, for, for bad that may come down the road. But then the Bible says this, but the simple pass on and are punished. We have not just a prudent man. A prudent man will see that, but a simple man, man, he is not looking ahead at all. Matter of fact, he's just living life as it is. And he's kind of like that twig on the shoulders of a mighty stream. He's just kind of floating along. My brothers and I, we used to, uh, I used to love to play around the river and, and, uh, and throw, throw uh, sticks in there and, and different things and watch them float down. And you'd be amazed how many times a little twig floating down the river uh, has some of the worst path and it gets stuck under a current and it'll just sit there and roll in the current and it won't go anywhere and, and it won't do anything and, and, and it has absolutely no control over itself. Listen, that's kind of what the Bible is saying, that a simple man will go on, he'll be punished, uh, and the evil that comes or the bad, the fact that he's not prepared and the fact that he hasn't made any preparation and the fact that he hasn't looked ahead to see what is coming down the road and he's made no provision for that means that he's going to suffer the consequences of whatever comes his way. And that's the idea behind this verse, that we should be prudent and we ought to have prevention in our lives. We ought to prevent certain things. Uh, and as I said earlier, there's so many ways you, could, uh, you can apply this verse. You can apply it financially. Hey, that you ought, to, you ought to set aside a little bit of money and you ought to uh, work on having a little bit set aside so that uh, when you blow a tire or when, some, when the refrigerator conks out or something else that, hey, uh, that you can, you can at least do something to help take care of the situation. You can do that financially. You can do that in planning, in business, or in family, or in my traveling. Uh, I, always, I always had a plan. I always usually had about 27 plans. And, uh, and sometimes, you know, when you're driving down the road, you've got nothing else to do but make up plans. And so that's what I did. Drove down the road and thought of plans. And, and so, uh, so we would always try and prepare and, and, and be ready. Why? Because the prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself. And that's just prudent. That's planning in life. Uh, the, the Scottish poet Robert Burns uh, said this, the best laid plans of mice and men oft go astray. And, uh, and so, listen, if your plan fails, don't give up. Don't say, well, that's a lie. I tried it. I tried my planning, and it failed, and I'm not doing that again. Uh, no, hey, sometimes our plans fall through. 
uh, hey, boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. Sometimes, listen, God does throw us a curveball. Sometimes uh, things do happen in life that we are, are not expecting. And so that happens to everyone. But we ought to try and prevent and look ahead and foresee uh, what is coming. It's in, uh, in a career decision that you're looking at. Uh, maybe you're thinking, well, what am I doing in this job? Where am I headed with this work? Where am I headed in this career or uh, things of that nature? There's so many areas that you can apply prudence, but we ought to be looking ahead and planning. The Bible says that's wise. That's uh, wisdom put into practice. Look with me at verse number 13. We find this verse, we've talked about this as well. It says, take his garment that is surety for a stranger, and take a pledge of him for a strange woman. Precautions. We're talking about prudence. We see laying plans. We see, uh, we see prevention and, and looking ahead. And then here he gives us heed to have uh, take caution. What's he saying here in verse 13? It says, take his garment that is surety for a stranger. Now, what does that mean? Well, let me first say this, that this verse is the same as Proverbs 20 and verse number 16, the exact same verse. So there you go. If you want to do two memory verses, you memorize that verse and cite it both, both times. Go. If you're teenagers going to camp and you want to do that, hey, there you go. There's two for one. But what does that mean? It means in verse 13, take his garment that is surety. Surety is somebody that is, uh, that is wanting a loan, but they have to provide something for them. In other words, um, when you buy a house, uh, if you were to go buy a house, usually, unless you're abnormal, which there are some abnormal people in the world, but uh, unless you're abnormal, you're going to have to go to the bank and you're going to have to get a loan. Most people do not have the amount of money on hand to buy a house. And so you go, to the, you go to the bank, and the bank is going to evaluate that house. They're going to say, uh, okay, this house is worth this much money. And, so we, and, and if your loan is for less than that amount of money, then they will loan you the money. What is that house? That house is the surety. In other words, uh, when you buy that house, surprise, it's not really yours. So you pay it all off. The bank holds on to that title, and it is technically theirs. They, they hold the title. They are the one who technically owns the house until you make all the payments and pay everything off, and on that day, then they will finally issue you a title. And so what is that? That is a surety ship. In other words, they are saying, listen, if you don't make your payments, we are going to take over the house, and it's going to belong to us, and it's no longer going to belong to you. It is a surety ship. So the idea here is very financial. And in verse 13, he says, take his garment that is surety for a stranger. So I want you to notice this, uh, the stranger and the strange woman. Uh, these are unknown people that are asking for a loan. Um, and you might not have this happen to you very much, uh, and, and I hope it actually never happens to you because you, your life would be far better if somebody ever doesn't ever come to you and ask for a loan. But sometimes it happens. 
And sometimes, uh, let me just say this too, uh, I wrote this down because in my day, it used to be the commercials all said, friends don't let friends do drugs, all right? That's what all the commercials were in the 80s when I was a kid. Uh, but I put this down, friends don't ask friends to borrow money. And friends don't loan friends money because they value their friendship too much. And so uh, usually that's not, too, that's not often a problem, uh, but sometimes a stranger will come up and want to borrow money. And, uh, and because you don't know that person, uh, the Bible says here, uh, read the verse, take his garment that is surety for a stranger. In other words, uh, you got one stranger, he comes up and he says, hey, I want to borrow money. And this other guy says, hey, I can vouch for him. And now you're looking at them both like, I don't trust either one of you. And what the Bible is saying is, take his garment. In other words, his coat in the Bible times uh, was worth something. And I, I don't know the value of a garment. I don't know the value of those things. Uh, but, but they would have said, hey, if this guy wants to borrow $20, then he needs to give you his coat that's worth $20 before you'll loan him $20. Actually, his coat probably should be worth about $40 before you take it and give him $20. That's a surety ship. And what's the idea? The idea is that, hey, you, you're going to have to turn around and sell that coat unless you really want it uh, in order to get your money back and recoup uh, what is lost. Why? Because the idea here is that, uh, that you're probably going to lose. It's an idea of trust. It's an idea of being prudent and looking down the road and being precautious towards strangers that are asking to borrow money. Because listen, uh, they, they're probably not going to pay it back. And he's saying this, there's a secondary idea here as well, that in the trustworthiness, listen, strangers uh, and, and strange women, and that would be uh, women of, uh, that, are, that are bad, uh, and people of that nature are untrustworthy. And we see that time and time again throughout the book of Proverbs. And so we need to be careful. There's a precaution that, that we ought to take warning of those kind of people uh, who are coming. And he says there that we ought to take his garment. That is a security. The word pledge we find here, uh, and take a pledge from him, of him for a strange woman. The word pledge is something put in pawn, that which is deposited by another as security for the repayment of money borrowed. Pawn shops. I don't know if you've ever been to a pawn shop. You can find some of the best deals in pawn shops. I'm not kidding you. Why? Because they, they do that. They take their coat that's worth $40. They give it to the pawn shop, and the pawn guy gives them $20 or $10. And says, all right, I'll hold on to your coat. You got four days, you got 10 days, whatever the amount of time they agree on. And if you don't come back, the coat goes up for sale in my market. And, uh, and you can find stuff. Why? Because a lot of times people need cash. And so they'll go there and they'll sell their stuff cheap. They'll get money and that guy will resell it. And he's not going to lose and he's going to make money. Uh, so he usually evaluates. And so the Bible is teaching us that, hey, we ought to be precautious and make security when dealing with strangers and, and, uh, and understand that, hey, you may lose. You might not get your money back. You'll probably won't get your money back if you don't secure it. And what we can take out of this verse is stewardship and being precautious with our finances. And listen, this, in this verse 13, I want us to be real clear. This verse is not talking about charity and giving. 
There are times when you can be charitable. There are times when you can give and help somebody else out. That is a totally separate subject. Uh, this is somebody who has come and they're asking you for a loan and maybe they're pressuring you and, and maybe they're trying to twist your arm and, and you feel led to give, then, hey, this is a whole different ballgame altogether. But we're talking about being good stewards of our possessions. If, if you took and, and lent money out to every, uh, every person that came along and wanted to borrow money, I can tell you two things. One, you would be really popular. Two, you would be broke because everyone's going to come and borrow money from you. Nobody's going to pay it back. And so the idea then is to become a good steward with what we have. And there is stewardship that is taught throughout Scripture. Matter of fact, the last few verses of Proverbs 27 deals with that, and we will talk about that. But just being prudent with our possessions and prudent with our finances and prudent with and prudent with our trust and prudent with the direction of our lives and where we're going with our lives. Hey, we need to be careful uh, about the things that we do in this life and be wise stewards of what God has given us and take care of what God has given us. And that's on a, true on a personal level that we need to be careful of those things. And so that's just three verses on prudence uh, that we kind of fit into there, the plans, the prevention, and the precautions that we need to have in prudence in our own personal lives. And, uh, and I hope that's a blessing and a help to you as we think about uh, being prudent in our own personal lives. Father, uh, well, ask if you'll stand with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, and I'll pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you for your word. And God, the wisdom that you give so freely in your word. And God, many people just ignore your book and many people even mock your word and mock you. And, and yet, God, you've handed us a book of complete wisdom. And God, may we practice prudence in our life. May we exercise the wisdom that you've given us. Help us to be prepared. Help us to have prevention. Help us to have plans. Help us to be uh, precautious with the things that we own and the, uh, the, the things that we have. And God, may we be careful with those things. Be good stewards. God, we ask that you would help us with all of that. And we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. As the piano begins to play, if God's spoken to your heart, whatever the need, maybe you just want to ask him to help you to be prudent in your life. It's certainly important to be prudent. It's certainly important to look ahead what's coming in your life. Just think about that. We'll, we'll just forego the music. We'll just have a short moment here that I'll give you. And if God's spoken to your heart, you can pray.
Okay, I'll close in a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you, Father, for your word. And God, we know that your word is the, especially the book of Proverbs, Father, is just full of wisdom. I pray that you'd help us to apply it to our lives. Help us to be Christians who are wise. God, we live in a day and age when so many people just live like the rest of the world. They just follow what everyone else does. God, help us to stop and help us to think about our life, about your word, and the instructions, Father, that you've given us. May we follow your word with our life. Help us to have wisdom. Help us to apply that wisdom and practice prudence in our life. We'll thank you for it. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. All right, just two announcements real quick.